Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New England Patriots. This is the Patriots Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Patriots Wire editor, Henry McKenna. All right, Henry, as we probably should have expected, the Patriots just refused to fade away, right? They refused to let us start focusing on 2021. One week, we're burying them in the AFC playoff week. The next, they're rising up and giving us false hope. That's what I think it is. That's what I think this 45 to nothing win over the Chargers is. It's giving us false hope, Henry. Now we're stuck back thinking about the playoffs again at 6-6. Six and six. And it's just, you know what it is? It's a vicious cycle, my man. That's what it is. The way that the NFL playoffs work these days is you just have to get hot. But I don't I don't know if I really see this offense getting hot enough to like persist in the playoffs, because at a certain point, you're going to hit the Steelers or you're going to hit the Chiefs. Really, like the Titans are a prolific offense. Even the Browns score a lot of points. Um, so the AFC has a number of teams that score points against good defenses. And even if the Patriots have a good defense, even if the Patriots have what what might ultimately be a really good special teams unit, although the Chargers are an abomination in that respect. So <laughs> yeah, they, I don't they probably know made that unit look a little better than it actually is. But yeah, you're right. Gutter right. looked good and everyone looked good against those Chargers. So, so I mean, obviously, you know, I, I do believe defense wins championships, but I also believe that Rare are the Super Bowls that we saw with the Rams and the Patriots, you know, where it's where it's a, a combined score of under 20. So, I, I mean, by all means, Patriots fans, don't want to rate on your parade. It's uh, 45-0 is a good day, a very good week. You know, the, the, the tricky thing now is make the playoffs, you have to win every game. Losing to the Dolphins, for example, I think that drops their playoff. Uh, birth percentage to like 13 percent so that's a that's a must win um but really if they lose to just about everyone else it's a 33 percent chance if they win out if it's a single win i should say to anyone else other than the dolphins it's like 33 and then if they win out it's 98 or something so all the patriots need is rams dolphins uh bills and jets to make the playoffs doesn't and, seem uh, that realistic, does it? That, that's a lot. It, that's asking a lot. I mean, yeah. It but, is asking a lot of a I very see, erratic yes. Patriots I, team, I a very see, erratic Cam Newton. Yeah, yeah, a very erratic Cam Newton that I've never seen anyone throw for 69 yards passing and, and you win 45 nothing. So right. we got to get into this game. It's just a statistical anomaly, this game. But let's spend a minute on the playoffs because we should. They deserve it, Henry. They're, they've at least gotten into the hunt column. I have to give them that, right? You're 6-6. Six and six, So are the Ravens. And so should be the Raiders, right? They should be. I want to get your take on this. So while the Patriots are blowing out the Chargers, they didn't get any help, right? They didn't get any help on uh, Tuesday night, I'm sorry, by the Dallas Cowboys, a bad Dallas Cowboys team that just couldn't handle the Ravens. I think they gave up like 300 yards rushing again. It was very close. So the Cowboys just could not get it done against the Ravens. The Pats would have loved to see the Ravens lose. But the team the Pats really wanted to see lose, right, were the Raiders, who for all intents and purposes, Henry, Lost to the Jets. If the Jets weren't doing, you know how I feel about the freaking Jets and in, in them in their tanking. So you probably knew this was coming, Henry. But I feel like the end of that game for the Jets and Raiders was probably the most dishonest thing I've seen in a sports field ever. I mean, that thing was unbelievable. Either the Jets are just deliberately pressing the tank button and springing those Raiders receivers free, or their coaching is so epically stupid 
that they actually thought an all-out blitz in a Hail Mary situation was the right call. I can't think it's the latter, Henry. I have to think it's the former. I subscribe to all the conspiracy theories, as you know. But the Patriots really could have used that Raiders loss, and they didn't get it because the Jets are a pathetic excuse. Probably the most embarrassing franchise in all of sports right now. That's just my take on the Jets. What do you think about it? <laughs> That's just your little your little take. Yeah, no, I know you you steamed over this team for many a podcast minute. So I, I That's my I, thing. That's what I do. <laughs> it's a confusing situation for the Jets, right? Like they on one hand fired Greg Williams for ineptitude, but if they're tanking, why'd they fire the guy that helped them tank? I feel well, like, let me just cut in there, Henry. I think he was the scapegoat because there was a little bit too much heat on the tank. Sure. I think they realized, sure. oh, that was a little too obvious. We got to let we gotta let you go, Greg. There's got to be a scapegoat. That's just my take. That's just my conspiracy theory. Go on. No, I think there's maybe there's something to that where it's like, okay, a head needs to roll so that we can at least maintain appearances. You know, Greg Williams is the obvious decision. He's going to get fired at the end of the season anyway. So he needs firing to him now. Yeah, nobody right. should be picking I him mean, up either. I hate to be a dead horse, but I just don't understand what Adam Gase is doing. Like, if he's if he's tanking on purpose like this, like, he must have assurances that he's going to get a job in New York next year, which, like, is, would be impossible to believe. So I don't know what – it's just – this whole situation is very complicated because you would think Gase wants to win a few games to, like, salvage his name so he can stay employed after this season, whether it's by someone else or by the Jets. So then you'd think the Jets are outwardly telling him you need to tank, and then if they're telling him that, then he must have some sort of safety net. Now, we'll see what happens, um, but I just it's a confusing situation. My thought is they're just that bad. They are they are that bad, and it is not beyond Greg Williams to call cover zero. No, nah, he's done uh, it before. There is precedent, so that kind of hurt right. my conspiracy theory take a little bit when I started reading up on Greg Williams' yeah. pass, and he did it. When he was with the Saints and all that, I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Like, you know, the Saints wire guy brought up the old Vernon Davis touchdown in the playoffs when Craig right. Williams did something very similar. And I'm like, OK, that, that hurts my conspiracy theory a little bit. But I still believe it, Henry. I still subscribe to that thing. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So that, this is where we're at. The Patriots have to win out if they want to make the playoffs. They're not going to get any help, especially from the freaking Jets. They're not going to get any help from them either. And uh, I, I guess the question is, can they do it with the team that they have right now? Can they? And you know what? This this game kind of reminded me a little bit of the old school Patriots, Henry, like the 2001 team where the offense was so-so and they're winning games on defense. They're winning games with crazy special teams plays. Like, remember that 2001 playoff run with Troy Brown and and just blocked field goals for touchdown? All this crazy stuff happening all the time. And, and I kind of got flashbacks to that. But I do want to play you some sound, and we'll do it in the next segment. I want to play you some sound from a, another previous Patriots team. I thought this was kind of fun. We'll do that coming up next. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit him, start him. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com. And Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com welcoming you to week 14 of the fantasy football season. If you're still listening, that means you're likely in the playoffs. 
Let's talk strong plays to help get you into Week 15 action. This one isn't for the faint of heart. Jaguars quarterback Mike Glennon faces the Tennessee Titans. Only four teams have been easier to exploit, and six different quarterbacks have gone for at least 23 fantasy points versus Tennessee, including nearly 31 points from Gardner Minshew back in Week 2. If you've squeaked into the playoffs and are truly desperate, Glennon is a Hail Mary option. New York Jets running back Ty Johnson at the Seattle Seahawks. This is one you'll have to watch from an injury perspective because Frank Gore left last week with a concussion. It's hard to see the Jets turning away from Johnson after the spark he gave this offense last week. While Seattle's defense has been easily exploited through the air this season, the ground game is catching up. Last week we saw New York Giants running backs Wayne Gallman and Alfred Morris demonstrate this with some smash mouth football of their own. Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver Hunter Renfro versus the Indianapolis Colts. On paper, the matchup isn't appealing, but we saw last week Houston's Kiki Kuti went for 141 yards on eight receptions, and the Colts have been pleased to give up underneath work to wide receivers if it means they don't let guys like Nelson Aguilar or Henry Ruggs uncork a long one over the top. As we've seen throughout 2020, Renfro isn't involved very much unless the team is playing from behind. In that case, volume is what gives them a chance to matter against Indianapolis. Another recommendation that's worth trying but requires gamers to pay attention to the injury report, Anthony Ferkser of the Tennessee Titans. Starting tight end John Smith has a knee injury and missed week 13. It's unclear if he'll play at this time in week 14, and if not, Ferkser belongs in lineups. He landed 5 of 7 looks last week for 51 yards, and that line would have been better if backup tight end McCall Pruitt didn't steal a touchdown from him. Everybody loves that on the verge of the fantasy football playoffs. Jacksonville has given up 9 touchdowns in 12 games to the position, and more impressively, that has come at a clip of 1 every 5 catches. For that alone, Ferkser is a gamble in all leagues if you're looking for a tight end. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. Of course, we know what it means to the 72 Dolphins. You had an opportunity. And when you start becoming aware of it week 10, 11, 12, and then through the rest of the season, does it weigh on you or or is it something that the public thinks more about than the team that's actually going through it? I think the team definitely thinks about it. And it's it's just naturally, uh, you know, you can't avoid it because it's not only on the TV, but it's also in your home and every question you get asked and so forth. So it does over time begin to um uh i wouldn't say take a toll but it just permeates more and more and you know the closer we got to it in 2007 uh you know i wouldn't say it got more challenging it was always very challenging it's just there's a lot of other teams that don't want to see you ever accomplish that and i think that's what you always see is you see this highly competitive situation we had games late in the year where teams that maybe we thought we had a great opportunity against gave us some of the hardest games of the year. You see these highly competitive teams that are very motivated and they, they're the ones that want to be able to knock off the, the team that's undefeated. So I kind of like that, Henry, because Brady's admitting there that the team actually does think about going undefeated, and that is actually something they want to do, and it's something that weighs on them. And, and I think that we saw it crush the Pittsburgh Steelers this week, right? That, I think that's what it is. And as the Steelers kept winning games, they get to 10 wins, they get to 11 wins. Once they get to 11 wins, you start to look at the schedule and like, can they, can they do an undefeated regular season? Like, they're getting close. And the way the playoffs are kind of set up this year, it, it kind of incentivizes you to go for, all the way through and not rest players in week 16 or week 17 or whatever. But it makes me wonder, like, in the modern-day NFL, do you think we're going to see another 2007 Patriots? You know, Do you think that we're going to see a team make it all the way through? Or in, is in today's game, are the rules and the just the attrition that we see, the injuries we see every year, 
you know, is that ultimately going to keep derailing teams? Like, I'm wondering how long we're going to have to wait decades or maybe next year. Like, are we, are we, is it on the come? Like, when do you think we'll see another team really challenge the 2007 Patriots to uh, go 16 and 0 in the regular season? Oh, I think it takes a complete team, a sort of dynasty. Yeah. To really piece together a perfect team. So my guess is that the, the Chiefs could probably pull it off over the next 10 years. So I'd say it's on the come just because of Mahomes. I mean, the way that he controls the game is, I would say, superior to Brady at his prime. Now, we haven't seen Mahomes do it for... Uh, years. <laughs> as Yeah, 20 years. But we the way that Mahomes is playing is, is really comparable only to, you know... Brady in 2007 and Manning in what was it 15 when he shattered all those records I forget the year right and then they, um, they rest him or something and they didn't go for the 16 and 0 thing if I remember that correctly the Colts team yeah I uh, know I'm thinking of the uh the Broncos team oh, okay, when, okay, Man- when Manning broke all the records yeah I mean I just think that, that they with between Andy Reid's brilliance and uh Mahomes's sheer talent it's doable for them i don't think you see 16 and 0 from a team that just kind of like comes out of nowhere so the steelers are the kind of team that i would say honestly i mean not to to take anything away from tomlin or roethlisberger as like really solid at what they do you know they're not elite each of them are not elite in their own respect. They're just very good, if that makes sense. No, it doesn't. So Belichick and Brady, both elite. Uh, Mahomes and, and Reed, very very much in the elite category. And I think that they have what's in place to have enough consistency over the next 10 years to at one point kind of strike gold in, in a team-building sense that where they kind of capitalize on 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 contracts and talent in a way that the 2007 season could happen. I mean, really like they've are I think the Chiefs will probably just lose one game. So, they were very narrowly there this year. Um so I could see them doing it next year or the year after or so at some point, you know, once that sweet spot hits between Mahomes's contract and the the sort of surrounding talent no, I agree with you. If there's a team that's going to try to challenge the Patriots dynasty, I think the Chiefs have the best shot. They got the coach, they got the quarterback, they got the program. But I just thought, I just heard that on on Monday night and just thought it'd be fun to play, to think about the old, the golden years when Brady was in his prime and the Patriots are winning Super Bowls or or at least competing for Super Bowls year in and year out. And now we're in a different place, right? We're 6-6 six and six and it seems like Belichick's excited to be 6-6. Six and six. It seems like he likes this team more than I would have ever dreamed of, uh, of him coaching a mediocre football team. And the quarterback situation that we have now, it's definitely not Brady-esque. We got Cam Newton passing for 69 yards. And we saw a little bit of Jared Stidham in this blowout, Henry, but it almost seems like the Patriots might be setting themselves up for using Jared Stidham down the stretch. Like maybe if they fall down by a couple scores, they might start bringing Stidham in to throw the forward pass. You know, Stidham Stidham accumulated almost as much yardage as uh, Cam Newton in, what, three attempts in this game? Cam threw the ball uh, a bunch of times, and he didn't rack up a lot of yards. 19 pass attempts for 69 yards. Uh, Cam Newton, three pass attempts for 61 yards. So, I mean... Right now, it seems like the forward pass is uh, a little bit better on the Stidham side. Cam must be banged up, or there's something going on with him, and he just can't throw right now. It's killing us. So what do you think about that? You think we'll see Stidham use? I don't think uh, Cam Newton's going to lose his job by any means. I don't, I'm don't. i not getting that sense at all from Belichick, and I think you know 
you're, you're not going to bench the kid off a 45 nothing win. But I feel like the Patriots might be kind of scheming to get Stidham more involved. What do you think? I could see that happen if the Patriots lose a game or two. I would say, let's say they lose this week, and then they lose again in Miami. Then the Patriots consider they're out of the hunt. Like statistically, it's it's. I would I, I would think at that point it would be impossible for them to make the playoffs if they drop to six and eight. So they're six and eight. Cam Newton probably had two bad games if they lost two games in a row, and they go look at Jared Stidham for for two games against their division rivals and just see what he can do. Otherwise, they've made every indication that they're going to ride ride or die with Cam this season, and I think he's given enough reason to. I mean, you know, you and I have sort of waffled back and forth about. Should they sign him? Should they not? What what his 2021 future looks like? These last four games are, are are going to be decisive for the Patriots, for Newton, about you know how much money he's going to ask for and how much interest the Patriots will have in working with him. Because you know if week 13 where he was thrown for 69 yards, that was just a product of the Patriots sort of enjoying their good field position and letting Damian Harris eat then so be it you know like that's that's just what the patriots offense looks like in that scenario now if if newton is gets into a situation against the rams the bills even the dolphins where he really needs to put up points to keep pace and he can't uh then that could be a problem for 2021 for newton and and then that would give them every reason to look at stidham you know as for for a few games just to know you know hey how 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 high do we need to draft a quarterback? How badly do we need to spend the extra, you know, $5 million in a bidding war if Jimmy Garoppolo or even J- Jacoby Brissett become available? The Patriots are playing the Rams. It's a Thursday night game. It's a Super Bowl rematch. And, Henry, when I read that the Super Bowl was only a couple years ago, the Super Bowl was only a couple years ago against the Rams. It feels like an eternity. I don't know if it's because of the pandemic, because of 2020, but... It was two years ago that the Patriots played the Rams. Are you serious? It feels like a decade ago to me. It, it wasn't that long ago that the Patriots were in the freaking Super Bowl beating the Rams 13-3. to uh, And here we are, not that long later, but it feels like forever ago. And we're going to have a rematch. Let's talk about that game coming up next. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm joined by Jeff Clark to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 14 Sunday Night Football game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and Buffalo Bills. The Bills return home as two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Steelers, who come off their first loss of the season, losing 23-17 to the Washington football team Monday night. Jeff, do the Steelers get back on track, or are the Bills now contenders to win the AFC? Nope. I like the Bills here to win by more than a field goal. Head coach Sean McDermott is a defensive guru, and the Steelers have become a one-dimensional offense over the past couple weeks. Also, they looked kind of weak against Alex Smith in that Washington passing attack, which is not nearly as explosive as Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Again, I like the Bills minus two and a half here. I'm going to get back on the Steelers. This is a get-right game for them. 
James Conner expected back from the COVID list. That's huge. That makes them two-dimensional once again, gives them that rushing attack they've sorely missed. And there's just way too many weapons in that passing game. Give me the Steelers plus 2.5. They may even win this one outright. Back the Steelers to win on the road in Buffalo. Henry, I got I got I feel like I got to listen to my Tupac songs. I got to dust those things off. Uh, the Patriots just living out in LA, right? They've been out there for 2 weeks. They didn't come <laughs> home, right? They just been out there. Yeah, they stayed in the hotels there. Yeah, so just living They're training at UCLA. Riding and dying in LA, baby. West Side. I love it. So, shout out to Tupac. We have to listen to my Tupac, my old CDs. I think I could find them in the trunk of my car somewhere. Uh, the Patriots playing the L.A. Rams, less than a week after they play the L.A. Chargers. They're five-and-a-half-point road dogs, and uh, this is an interesting little matchup, right? Obviously, if the Patriots want to make the playoffs and keep toying with us, Henry, they got to win it. And the Rams are a funny team, right? Like, I feel like the Rams are gettable. I'm not a Jared Goff guy at all. I think he's, like, the most overpaid quarterback, overrated quarterback ever. He's just not my guy. I don't like Jared Goff. I think that you could definitely get that team, but... Aaron Donald definitely scares the crap out of me. I love that guy. And the Rams tend to beat good teams. We've we just seen it. They just beat the Buccaneers. They beat, uh, who else did they beat? They beat Seattle. They're like a weird team, right, Henry? Like, you don't yeah. know if they're going to come out and rise up. And they could be, they're, a team, they're one of those teams that can beat anyone, but they could also lose to anyone too. So at the end of the day, though, I don't think I'm going to put any money on the Patriots money line in this game. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm betting it, I'm not, I'm not looking at the money line. I just don't know if I trust the Patriots on the road against this Rams team. But what do you think about it yeah i guess i i finally feel like they can win this game just from like a season momentum standpoint but the rams lost to the bills they lost to the dolphins so like you said they're gettable for the patriots and the patriots are playing as well as they've played all season <laughs> but but can you trust them from a week to week standpoint of course not do? no you just can't so i don't like sports betting to begin with but and and this Patriots team is not it used to be that you could just bet the Patriots to cover their spread and and they're so rarely underdogs that you you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to bet points but yeah i mean now it's just like who knows whether what are, i don't even know what the line is what's the line for this game rams yeah so the pats are five and a half point underdogs i mean i guess i think they can i think they can cover that i think they're going to make this competitive um, I don't know if they can win straight up, but I think they can handle that five-point line. Just because they want this really badly, they're playing complementary football, and Cam Newton is doing what he can not to lose the game for them. So th- they've just been so tight, the Patriots have, in just about every game, even against good teams, that I think they can keep this one tight and maybe even win it. Yeah, the thing with the Patriots is they've been pretty good as underdogs this year, right? They were underdogs at home against the Ravens. They won that game. They were underdogs at home against Arizona. They won that game. They were somehow underdogs against the Chargers. Now, you might not like to bet, Henry, but that would have been a good one to bet on. The Patriots, I think they were two-point underdogs when that ball kicked off against the Chargers. And, boy, I didn't bet it, and I'm kicking myself. Like, how did I not bet that thing? Uh, I know. That thing was so cool. Yeah, like Anthony Lynn. Yeah, it's Anthony Lynn. Like, what do we – once the ball kicks off, you're sitting there, and you're like, oh, my God, it's Belichick against Anthony Lynn. How did I not bet this game? Oh, my God. You know what I mean? It's just like you start kicking yourself already. So they bet pretty good in this spot throughout the year. How bad the Chargers were on special teams. Like I have, I don't know if I've ever seen a a team lose a game so one-sidedly in or decidedly in 
in, in that phase of the game. In one phase, yeah, and that's just such a sign of a bad coaching. That's all it is. If, if you have a horrible coach, you'll see it. It'll, it'll show its head on uh, special teams for sure. But all right, well, I had one more quick little thing I wanted to uh, throw at you, Henry. Uh, do you know how many Patriots are left on this active roster that played in that Super Bowl against the Rams a couple years ago? I'm going to guess 15. That's a good guess. Cause that's a pretty low number. It's actually 18 players. There's only 18 guys left from two years ago in the Super Bowl. So that just kind of shows you where we've come. That's what I said. It felt like a decade ago that they played that Super Bowl. It really does feel that way to me. The turnover is kind of unbelievable. And I know there's some opt out. I mean, opt outs because of COVID and all that too. That probably factor in there, but only 18 players from that Super Bowl a couple years ago against the Rams are going to be on the active roster for the rematch on Thursday night. That's it's kind of wild, isn't it? Yeah, that just that just kind of goes to show how Belichick doesn't mind blowing up his teams. Um, right. It also shows a little bit to a degree why the Patriots are sort of in a weird financial bind right now, or at least they were at the start of the 2020 season because there's been a significant amount of turnover and and some of that turnover cough, cough, Tom Brady, cough, cough, Antonio <laughs> Brown, um, left behind a significant cap burden for them to carry for 2020. Henry, enjoy the game, my man, all right? Will do. Hope fans do as well. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.